All right, again, just to remind you, every week, sometime this afternoon, our men's power lunch will be available if you go to our website on a podcast link, uh, which means you can go there and click on that, and you can listen to it on your phone. You can save it. You can play it for somebody else. Uh, just another way to, to, for God's Word to go out. Glad you're here today. We've been talking about the biblical man and prayer. Again, uh, what does the Bible say about us as men and prayer? And, and, and we've been looking at some specific verses. We've spent three or four weeks talking about the fact that, you know what, you can't be who God created you to be. You can't live the life that He intends and has for you to live outside of having a, a vibrant prayer life. And so we've been talking about, you know what, uh, what does that look like for us? And there's all sorts of things out there, some of them false, some of them kind of goofy, uh, but we want to see what does the Bible say, what does the Bible instruct us about our prayer life? Uh, the last two weeks, and then this week again, we've been looking at the model prayer in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, in the model prayer, Jesus himself gives us the example of how to pray. And if you notice there in verse 9, it says, Pray then in this way. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Verse 9. A lot of times we think, you know what? This is a prayer that we recite. Uh, Notice it doesn't say recite this prayer. It doesn't say pray this prayer where it becomes mindless and it becomes numb. He says pray in this way. And so here in Matthew chapter 6, we have not a prayer for us to mimic, but we have an example for us in prayer. When you pray, use this model. That's a pretty awesome thing. As men desiring to know how we should pray, Jesus himself gives us the model in prayer. Uh, Last week we started and we looked at verse 9 and and we saw that it starts off with our Father, uh, a relationship that we have only through Jesus, only because of Jesus, uh, prayers between God the Father and his children. Uh, Last week we saw that the, the children of God, according to the Gospel of John, Uh, Those are only people who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. The only prayers that God hears are of those of His children, those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And so we see there's a relationship. Our Father. Uh, It says, who is in heaven? Uh, In that part, it's telling us, it's revealing to us, His place reveals His position. And that's a pretty awesome thing. We're not just speaking into the air. We're not just speaking to a man. We're speaking to God. We're speaking to our Creator God, all-knowing, all-powerful. And so His place in heaven reveals His position to us. And so we go into it with that awe. We're speaking to God. Then it said, hallowed be your name, which means honored be your name, revered be your name. And we saw last week that our goal is that He would be praised He would be exalted, he would be honored in our prayer, in our life as followers of Jesus Christ. And so that's where we looked at last week. Again, we see in the model prayer, notice that first verse, we start with worship. Notice that in the very first verse, it's all about God. It's about his name, it's about who he is, and it's about his honor and his glory. And so as as we try to discern how we should pray, we see starting off our prayer starts with worship. Our prayer starts focusing on the one that we're praying to. That brings us to verse 10, and that's where we're going to spend our time today. I'll read verse 10, and then we'll go back and look at it. Verse 9, pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Now let's go and break down verse 10 piece by piece. It says, your kingdom come. Understand, listen to this very carefully. Understand our goal as Christians and our goal very specifically as the church is for God's kingdom to advance. God's kingdom to grow until it is fully realized with the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I actually preached on this this past Sunday. The kingdom of God is ushered in with the first coming of Jesus. Uh, Luke chapter 13 talks about it's like a mustard seed with a small start, and that's the small start, the coming of Jesus. But the kingdom then is fully revealed and established here on earth at the second coming of Jesus. And remember the verses in the book of Revelation says, on that day God will be with his people and he will tabernacle with his people and they shall be his people and he'll wipe every tear from their eye. There will no longer be sickness or sorrow or death. And then it says, behold, for those former things have passed away. And so we see the kingdom of God starts off small with Jesus, grows, and then has a big finale at the second coming of Jesus Christ when his earthly reign is set up here forever. Now understand, it's, it's pretty interesting here. For us in this day, we're in the day when his kingdom has started through Christ, but it's not fully realized through the second coming of Jesus. Our goal in our day is to see his kingdom's cause advance, to see his kingdom grow. Now I want to point this out. I pointed out Sunday as well. Some say, and they use this verse to say it, that this verse shows us that God's kingdom is fully uh, existing right now. And they would say, you know what, God's kingdom is fully existing right now. His, his kingdom come is, is what the Lord's prayer is. Uh, well, I want to tell you the truth is, uh, this is not the full realization of the kingdom of God. The Bible says Satan prowls about looking for someone to devour I want to tell you, when God's reign is complete here on earth, Satan will no longer prowl about looking for someone to devour. He'll be cast into hell. Uh, the Bible calls this in the book of Galatians, this present evil age. And I'll just tell you, right now, uh, there is sickness. There is cancer. There is grief. There is sorrow. There is death. But our prayer is that God's kingdom's cause would advance, that God's kingdom will come. As I read that, I think about uh, the Apostle John, as he closes up the book of Revelation, remember he says this, Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You know what? Our desire is that the kingdom would grow during these days, but our desire is also that Jesus would come and we would see his reign uh, fulfilled on this earth. And so that's the first part. Uh, your kingdom come. Then it says this, Your will be done. And then it tells us how. It gives us an example on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now think about the example for just a second. In heaven, there is no sin. In heaven, there is no dissension. In heaven, God's will is carried out. His, his perfect will is carried out perfectly. Well, our desire in the prayer is that in the same manner, in the same way, we want to see God's will carried out here. We want to see God's will lived out here. Now think about, I think it's about four weeks ago when we started talking about the Christian man in prayer. Uh, we, we determined and we talked about this truth. Understand, prayer is not to get what we want. And I think we've been trained to think you need something, you want something, then you need to pray about that. 
Prayer, the purpose of prayer is not to get what you want. The purpose of prayer is not to force God to act. There's people who say, well, if you say the right prayer and you say it the right way, you're going to force God to act. Well, I want to tell you, he's not a genie that jumps at our beck and call. The, the, the purpose of prayer is not to force God to act. The, the purpose of prayer is not to bend God's will to match our will. You know what? I, I need more money, and I need this, and I need more esteem, and I need to get some stuff squared away. And so I'll pray, and I'll shape God's will, or I'll bend God's will to match my will. That's not the purpose in prayer. The purpose in prayer is this, to hear His will, to have the wisdom to understand His will, to have the faith to carry out His will, and to see His will lived out in our life. That is the purpose in prayer, that His will would be carried out. Now think about that for just a second. God created you. I believe that. He built you for His purpose. He built you for His purpose. He knows all things. There's nothing He does not know. Uh, he knows what's best for you. He knows how everything's going to shake out. He is absolutely perfect in His character. Uh, he is absolutely good in His character. He's trustworthy. You can put your, your trust in Him. And so think about that. He created you. He created you for a purpose. He's trustworthy. He's perfect. We want God's will to be carried out. Now, let me just tell you the truth of that. In your home, in your marriage, in your job, in your life, the best thing that could happen is for God's will to be carried out. That's what I need in my home, in my marriage, in my job. That's what you need, not your will. You don't know everything. You can't see everything. Your character's flawed, but His is not. You need the will of God to unfold and to be lived out in your life. What all that means is this. We need to quit seeking our own desires and start praying for God's desires. We need, we need to stop advancing our causes and start praying for God's cause to advance. We need to start, stop living by our will and our strength and our knowledge. And we need to start praying for God's will and for God's strength and for God's wisdom. And so Jesus says here, here you want to know how to pray? Here's how you pray. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I put all that together and thought, you know, that's pretty awesome. Jesus tells us how to pray. I want to point something out right here. These are the words of Jesus. This is what he said. But think about this for a second. You ever know a teacher or a preacher that would say the right words, that would have all the right information, but they failed to put it into action? You know what? The message falls short. Don't come and tell me what I ought to do if you're not going to do it in your life. I started to think about that. Here in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know in Matthew chapter 26, you get to the end, the end part of the gospel of Matthew, and he's in the garden of Gethsemane, and here comes the crowd, and he knows they're coming to kill him. They're coming to beat him. The book of Isaiah says, until he was no longer the form of a man, you couldn't tell who he was anymore. The pain he was getting ready to endure was going to be unreal. They were going to whip him across his back. They were going to pull the beard out of his face. They were going to push thorns into his head. And then they were going to nail him to a cross. 
And in Matthew chapter 26, verse 42, what does he say? My Father, your will be done. Pretty awesome thing there. He said it in Matthew 6, but he submitted to it in Matthew chapter 26. Let me tell you what that means, and it means this. Boy, we need to hear this. A prayer for God's will to be done, a prayer for God's will to be carried out, is pointless and useless if you have no desire to live according to God's will. Hear that again. Listen to me again. A, a, a prayer for God. Oh, God, I, I pray for your will for my life and for my church and for my nation. A, a prayer for God's will to be carried out is absolutely ridiculous and pointless if you have no desire to live according to God's will. Don't come and pray that God would change our nation if you're not going to lead the change in your home. Don't come and pray, oh, oh that God would change our sorry culture if you won't let God change your heart. And I, I'll just be very real with you about this. This whole lunch is about Christian men saying this is God's truth. And I, and I have a risen Savior. And you know what? I, I'm changed by that fact. And I stand upon the truth of God's Word. And, and you know what? As a, as a man, I get pulled in all these directions and have all these false ideas of, of what it looks like to stand as a man. The whole point of this lunch is that we would hear what it looks like to stand as a Christian man. Here's a big problem with Christian men today. We have a lot of big talk, but very sadly, sometimes we have small Christian walk. The guy was an absolute nut, but Ric Flair said this. If you're going to talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk. He did say that too. You know what, as a Christian man, it's time we walk the walk. I, I don't want to pray for, man, I want God to change our nation when I want to live like something else. And oh, I, I wish he'd change this, and I wish we'd see him in a revival sweep through our churches, but I have no desire to live according to his, to his will. His will has to be what we seek as followers of Jesus Christ. Now remember the context of the whole thing. Jesus is teaching us to pray. And then notice this, all right. I want to know how to pray. I, I want to be a powerful person in prayer. I want to pray with a prayer life that, that God blesses and that He hears and we, we have a conversation with each other. Notice this, verses 9 and verses 10. We're more than halfway through the petitions in the model prayer and so far not one word has been about us. Did you notice that? Not one word has been about me. We start off and we worship Him. He's our Creator God and He, he lives in heaven and we're not just speaking to some, to some fairy godmother that floats around somewhere. We're speaking to the living God and we exalt Him and we worship Him. We want to honor Him. And then the second thing is we want His kingdom to grow. We want His kingdom to expand and we want His will to be lived out in our life. First half of the prayer, a little bit more than half the prayer, not one thing about us. We're going to see next week, yes, we pray for ourselves, But I think this order means something here. You know what? It's all about Him. Our prayer is all about Him because our Christian life is all about Him. Glad you're here today. Pray that God spoke today. I'm going to ask that you stand with me out and lead us in a word of prayer. Again, every single Thursday, we're meeting. Every single Thursday, best lunch you're going to find in Vernon, Texas. Find somebody. Make it an appointment on your book. Hey, on Thursdays, this is where I'm going to be. We want to fill this place up. Let's go to the Lord in prayer.
Dear Heavenly Father, we come, we're thankful for you today. We're thankful that you hear our prayers, that, that we're sorry and we're sinful, that we know what's right and we do what's wrong, we turn away from you, and yet you forgive us through Christ. Your love is, is everlasting. You love a messed up people. I'm thankful that you tell us that we can come to your throne, not in timidity, but you tell us to come in boldness. And we come not because of who we are and what we've done, we come because of who Christ is and what he did on the cross of Calvary. We come as the righteousness of Christ, and we come and we worship you in prayer. We submit to you in prayer. We, we desire to hear your will for our life in prayer. Help us as men to model that in our prayer life, more than that in our, in our walk, in our total life. We come today and tell you, uh, we're thankful for you. We're thankful for new starts. We're thankful for, for clean slates through Christ. We're thankful for the ability to serve your cause, for your glory. We're thankful for men that came today and heard your truth. I pray that it would change us. pray that you'd bless the, the preaching of your word. We love you and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.